1: Full House fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh my Lanta, Holy Jalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well today, since it's June, I'm going to be covering Father's Day-ish type episodes. So basically episodes with Danny. And each of his daughters. So the first one, of course, is from season five, episode four. Oh, where? Oh, where has my little girl gone? This is from October 8th, 1991. So this is a Danny and DJ episode. After snooping in DJ's room and finding out that a bad rumor about her has been spread around school and she refuses to talk to him about it, Danny worries that their father daughter bond is fa- fading. Oh my gosh, Danny, what? Seriously? Oh, um, I get it. He always, it just seems like when it comes to Danny, he has a very strong relationship with DJ. He has a hard time letting go. Not only as she's getting older, but also with Michelle as well. He has a hard time letting go that, you know, she's his baby. She's his. And so, yeah, I'm going to be covering this episode today, and then next week I will be covering from Season (laughs) 6, Season 6, Episode 10, I'm Not DJ, and then... Yeah, that is basically a Danny and Stephanie episode. And then from season seven, we have episode seven, High Anxiety, where Danny is still treating Michelle like a baby, like a little girl. Like, at this point in the show, Michelle is, like, seven, eight years old. And at that time, yeah, probably kids do, like, want their parents to kind of, you know, pull back, back off just a smidge, like, you don't need to wipe my nose for me, I can grab a Kleenex myself and do it, like, you don't need to, you know, surprise me with clothes I probably won't ever wear, I mean, yeah, eventually, yeah, kids are just, they're gonna start to be more, and at seven and eight, they probably, you know, kids are trying to slowly come into their own and be able to finally do things on their own so when you jump in like hey let me help you do this let me make this for you I, i i get it where she's coming from and even with with dj and everything in the season five episode it's like dad look i know i've come to you in the past and i will if it is a situation that I can't handle, I will come to you. But the fact that it's just a little, it's a rumor, it's a thing that DJ pretty much can take care of herself. And then, of course, in season six with I'm Not DJ, with Stephanie and Dan, we really do not get a whole lot of Danny and Stephanie episodes. I mean, it feels like the last one before this one would have been Aftershocks. I mean, there probably was another one between season... Three and six, but I, I, uh, honey, I broke the house. I mean that, um, oh, well, that was also from season three. Just, and I know there's one in season eight called "All Stood Up," but that one I'm saving for my good girls and bad boys, uh, theme. But anyway, and it just feels like, and I'm not DJ. Danny sets up this ridiculous standard of the rules he has for dj he expects stephanie to kind of follow the same like look i told you you could get your ears pierce deaf when you get to junior high like dj and the fact that stephanie kind of wants to follow her only is like why do i always have to do everything when dj did it it's almost like the way that Danny holds DJ up on this pedestal, it feels like, and then here poor Stephanie feels like she has to measure up. Like, why does everything that I have to do be measured by what DJ has already done? Or, yeah, it just makes me think of that home improvement episode where I guess Randy got his learner's permit, and because Brad got into an uh, a fender bender driving at night then Jill and Tim kind of put this uh kind of rule in place where Randy can't drive at night like we would feel more comfortable if you didn't just because Brad lied about a fender bender and got in trouble so like like really no you need to kind of ta- tailor the rules to the individual I mean, don't, so like, oh, because, but then again, it's really, well, why does that person have to follow that rule? Because, you know, I had to, and now they don't, or, it, I don't know, <laughs> I don't have kids, I'm not a parent, this is just me. And, you know, it was me and, and my older sister, and, you know, rules for us were, were kind of different where I felt like I was, I, I don't know, but, um, yeah. Different group rules for different kids. I feel because kids, you know, everyone's an individual, and the rules should be tailored to. I don't know. I'm not gonna go any further because I don't want backlash. I'm like, well, that's not how I do. It. I'm like, I know I don't have children, so anyway, <laughs> let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to the episode I'm covering today. Oh, where, where has my little girl gone? It, isn't that based on, I swear that's based on a song of some kind. Maybe not that particular title, but okay, so do we have any, we don't have any guest stars. This episode's got a 6.9 out of 10, based on 221 ratings. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, Mark Fink, and Jeff Schimel. Schimmel? Shimo Oh, we got connections. Let's see here. Godzilla, Joey asks if Jesse should not be... Dist- oh, my gosh. Yes, that's right. This is that episode with the installing of the red light in the stairwell because now the basement has been turned from Joey's apartment into a music studio. Uh, Kimmy refers to Wally and the Beeb. For, so there's a Leave it to Beaver connection. The Huckleberry Hound Show. Joey mentions his intention to go watch a Yogi Bear cartoon. <laughs> Alright. Do we got any trivia? Oh, uh, let's see. The title is from Where Oh Where Has My Little Dog Gone? Written by Septimus Winner in 1864. Warning. Spoilers. During a fight, Danny tells DJ tells Danny during a fight that she is not his little girl anymore. This is a throwback to... Back to School Blues, in which DJ tells Danny that no matter how old she gets, he can always think of her as his little girl. Okay, so, whoever wrote this, they're two totally different situations. When (laughs) This person sounds like they're just fishing for something to throw up here as trivia. So, yeah, in Back to School Blues, when she's like, don't worry, you can always think of me as your little girl, you know, just like... Like, I'll always be, you know, your your firstborn, your, and all that, you know. It's not a big deal. But now that it's, now it's more of a, well, gosh, honestly, now that I think about it, it was more he didn't want her to grow up. Like, oh, you're getting, you know, you're starting junior high, you're starting to wear makeup and stuff, and he sees her as, you know, still a little girl. But in this one, it feels more like it's a matter of... Because he even says to Becky in this episode, I feel like I'm losing my little girl. Well, I guess in a way, it kind of is similar because he just feels like she's growing up so fast. She doesn't need me as much to help her with her problems. And that's just it. You know, kids will come to you if there's something they can't handle. I mean, we've seen situations where... You know, DJ has gotten into trouble because she's tried to fix a problem thinking she can do it on her own, and then she gets herself in deeper. Whereas in Adventures in Babysitting, she does call Danny when Brian Kagan gets his head stuck in the uh, stairwell railings. So, yeah. And, and this isn't a huge... It's something that it's like a rumor that is quickly... Extinguished. It's quickly taken care of. Thanks to Kimmy and a... Squeezed bottle of mustard. <laughs> so that's the trivia. Do we have any goofs? There are no goofs. Let's see. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing any movie... Or movie reviews. I'm not seeing any reviews here at all. So... All right. <clears throat> So, of course, before I get into the official podcast, I want to let you know if you're jumping on the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the podcast, for the first time, I want to say welcome aboard. And I have a major backlog. I started this podcast back in April of 2019, just celebrated its three-year anniversary. I do have a large backlog That catalog of episodes that are all available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to listen to. A couple things that do set this podcast apart from some other Full House slash Fuller House podcasts are that this is a family-friendly podcast. It is not explicit. I don't drop F-bombs, H-bombs, S-bombs, none of that. You don't have to worry about having to... Lower the volume on something because I'm just flying off the handle. No. <laughs> and the other thing is I don't go episode by episode, season by season. I wanted to do themes. So... Right now, since it's June, I am doing the Father's Day theme happy uh, in honor of you know, Danny Tanner. Next month, of course, I'm going to be going on a trip, so there's only going to be a couple episodes. I'm going to be covering... The almost breakup double feature. Before I had, last April, I think, March, April, I had done the breakup double feature, which was Danny and Vicky breaking up and Steve and DJ breaking up. This time around, we're looking at the almost slash temporary breakup of Jesse and Becky in season three, and Danny and Vicky in season uh, six. I think. Yeah, that's right. Seasons at cast at the end of that, don't they go to uh? Yeah, they go to. They go to. That's right. They do. They go to Disney World, towards the end of uh. Was that even? A s- I got a double check, guys. I mean, I'm. Well-versed in the Full House episodes, but sometimes even I am like, wait a minute. Yes, okay, so that was the season six double feature finale. Okay, so, yes, in July I'll be coming to, uh, be covering the Almost Breakup double feature. In August I'm going to finish up with three episodes of the sisters double feature or series because there's going to be three episodes this time around. The Hole in the Wall Gang from Season 5, the (laughs) Sisters in Crime from Season 6, no, Season 5, sorry, and from Season 7, I'm guessing, The Prying Game, so those three sisterly episodes I will be covering. And then in September, we do have the back to school double feature part. I guess this might be three, two, four. I don't know. So, yeah. Look for those, two. Stephanie gets framed. And the other episode where DJ gets a job. And I don't know why the title of the episode is Escaping Me at the moment. So, look for that in September along with an episode of for Dave Cooley celebrating a birthday. And oh yes, in August John Stamel celebrates a birthday, so I'm gonna be covering an episode there. So yeah. I will do a separate episode just to kinda of go through the upcoming themes that I've created for the episodes. I do kind of plan it It was going to kind of run the full house portion of the podcast. It's going to run its course through the end of 2023. Part of me kind of wants to stretch it out to 2024. So we'll kind of see how that works. As far as, like I said, the full house, there are still so many Fuller House episodes that I have not covered yet. And I definitely will be getting to those too as well. So. Yes, the podcast is not going away, so plenty to look forward to. If you guys want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. You can share your Full House, Fuller House stories. You know, As you were watching the show growing up, Full House on TGIF, and how you feel now, re-watching episodes as an adult, and if your opinions have changed at all. Or even if, let's say, Full House would have went on for a season 9 or 10, what storylines would you have come up with if you could have? For where would you have wanted to see the characters? Or even the same for Fuller House. If we had gotten a season 6 or 7, where would you want to see the characters in the future? So, yeah. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you haven't yet, and you'd like to, go to iTunes and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves, new and old. All right, so that all being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I just just love going back through these episodes, because I grew up on this show. Out of all the TGIF shows, this was the one that was a constant, constant watch growing up, so... Alright, let's jump into season 5's Oh, where, oh, where has my little girl gone? She's gone nowhere. She's right there, Danny! She hasn't gone anywhere. Oh my goodness. Oh, Danny. But of course, we get to see the cold open, which is an adorable little nugget of uh, screen time with. Usually it seems like it's um you know with Michelle with one of the guys or Danny or sometimes they as the show goes on season six, seven, eight, we do see Michelle with the twins a lot in these little small cold opens. They're so fun and they're it's just to get an extra laugh or an extra joke in there, but I think they're adorable. Alright, so yeah. Jesse brings Michelle down, kind of piggyback. He's got his new studio. It looks really, really awesome. He's showing her all the stuff. She probably doesn't know what it is, which I would be like, oh, yeah, that's great. Good for you. See, Michelle, I got a 16-track. I got a keyboard. Oh, keyboard's because he's got more than one. He says there's a console, which I'm guessing that's a piano. I'm not sure. And he says a um. A drum machine. He hits a couple buttons on it, and it plays some drum sounds. And as soon as he stops pressing the buttons, the drum beats stop. And he puts her down on the f- floor, and he's like, hey, what do you think? And she says, you have better toys than I do. And i be like, oh, sweetie, these are not toys. This is This is music equipment. So... <laughs> Jesse says, so to show your dad some appreciation for letting me build a studio down here, we're going to sing a song. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, Michelle, what song do you want to sing? And she says, let's sing the spelling song. What? What spelling? The ABC song? That can't be it. And it, this <laughs> spelling, just say the alphabet song or something. Yeah, apparently it is the ABCD, so on, so on, so forth, because... <laughs> That is the smallest microphone I have ever seen in my life that Jesse is holding on that stand. (laughs) So Jesse, as he's singing the alphabet, she's like, cut! And he looks at her surprisingly, what? She says, not that spelling song, the cool spelling song. What song would that be? Goes over and hits a button on the drum machine, and she starts spelling the the R E S P E C T the Aretha Franklin respect song, is what she called the spelling song. Oh, this kid! Oh my goodness, this is adorable.
0: All right, it's finally
2: finished, Michelle. My brand new studio. What do you think? Look at this. I got 16 track keyboards, console. Oh, look at this drum machine. You like this? Watch. Yeah, pretty cool,
3: huh? He's got better toys than I do.
2: All right, show my appreciation to your dad for letting me build a studio down here, I got a great idea. We'll do a song. What song you want to sing?
3: Let's sing this spelling song.
2: All right, spelling song it is. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. A B C D.
3: <laughs> now that spelling song, the cool spelling song. <laughs> What it means to me.
1: So, yeah, and then Jesse starts it, and then Michelle's doing the socket to me part, like constantly repeating it over and over and. Jesse's like Michelle, what are you doing? And he grabs her and starts tickling her stomach. It's <laughs> oh my goodness! And that's pretty much the cold open. As I mentioned, if you hear it on the clip, there seems to be an echo in that room, or I don't know whether it's the feedback from the microphones echoing their voices. But you listen to that, and it just—it does sound like their voices are just echoing off the walls. So, all right, we come out of the intro, and Danny has got one, two, three, four, five, six cleaning products. And he is taking a spray bottle with probably disinfectant or some type of sanitary uh, mist, and he is spraying the spray bottles down. I'd be like, Danny, I mean, sure, I guess, but who else in the house is using that stuff other than Danny? Probably nobody, unless Danny forces everyone to spring clean. To me, it it honestly just feels like a waste of a sanitizing spray or a disinfectant spray or whatever. But Danny's Danny He's gonna do what Danny's gonna do So we just We'll let him do that So DJ comes in with Kimmy Into the kitchen From you know they got home from school And DJ's like Kimmy you have to tell me Like This is a nightmare And immediately Danny pokes his head up Like what what happened what's going on Yeah Danny's like what What's a nightmare and DJ's like um this whole savings and loan crisis thing
0: <laughs>
1: and DJ right away is suspicious because you know she saw Danny like pop up from underneath the counter. She's like, "Why were you hiding behind you know behind the counter?" He's like, "Oh, I wasn't hiding. I was uh cleaning my cleaning products." Uh, uh-huh. okay. DJ, I'm like, Dad, you know, you don't have to lie to me. You can tell me the truth. Were you hiding? And DJ's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's Friday. And Kimmy is <laughs> like, boy, Mr. T, you really know how to kick off a weekend. How does that Wake Up San Francisco schedule work? Because it seems like normally like the workday would be done at like five or six. It just seems like sometimes Annie wouldn't even get home. Well, Maybe that's when he was a sportscaster, but it just feels like he would be, you know, it would be a whole day, you tape, you go over notes for the next show and all that stuff. So, but then again, who knows what time DJ and Kimmy are rolling in from after school, especially, I mean, DJ's got a lot of extracurricular things. She writes on the paper, all this other stuff going on. And it just seems like she'd probably be rolling in just before dinner time. (laughs) Kimmy uses this like, okay, she turns around and starts out of the door. And DJ practically drags her upstairs like, oh no, come back here, you. That's the thing, this is all before cell phones, so... And maybe it's better that this did happen prior to cell phones, because that news would be all over the place, like within seconds. With the technology that we have today. Whereas, no, if you want gossip of uh, Banana Junior High, or Bayview High School, um, yeah. Kimmy, yeah, DJ is in high school, that's right, she's a uh, freshman. Or so, I don't know. What is it? It goes from, like, Junior High is, like, 7th grade to ninth, and then, like, sophomore, junior senior, wh- whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, that goss, I mean, you got, st- st- Kathy Santoni and Kimmy Gibbler are the biggest goss- gossip queens there. I mean, you want dirt on Vananna, you want dirt on Bayview, Kimmy's your girl. She's got the intel.
4: Didn't no, no, no. Kimmy, you've got to tell me. This is a nightmare. What's a nightmare? Uh, this whole savings and loan crisis. <laughs> Why are you hiding behind the counter?
2: Oh, I, I wasn't hiding. I'm uh, cleaning my cleaning products.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Friday. Boy, Mr. T, you sure know how to kick off a weekend. <laughs> hey, come back here, you.
1: So, yeah, they're right outside DJ's door, you know, to her new bedroom, and DJ's like, Kimmy, tell me what's going on. Why is everyone talking behind my back? And Kimmy's like, because they don't have the guts to say it to your face. Well, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) She is like, come on, seriously, Kimmy, it's your best friend, alright? If something's going on, people are saying stuff, tell her. I mean... It's better she hear it from a friend than from a stranger. So, DJ takes Kimmy into her room, shuts the door, and <laughs> says... Alright, Kimmy, start talking. And right away, because I think this is probably, what, the first time that we've seen DJ's new room. It is gorgeous! I love her room! The beautiful, like, lavender lilac and like salmon peach color aesthetic, it's just, it's gorgeous, and not only that, there's a framed, a gold-framed picture of a whale's tail, and the sun setting behind these rocks or clouds or whatever, and then the ocean, with the sun like glinting on the water, this light, nice golden color and then it's kind of bordered with the lavender around it so I just whoever the set designer I love this it's gorgeous it's beautiful I can't say I'm gonna stop right now because I could just go on and on and on about and also the carpet is like a lilac lavender color. It's gorgeous. Oh, I love this bedroom. I love it. And I love when Stephanie and Michelle get their bedroom redone in season six. Like, yeah, that room definitely needed an update. And it was just the little pla- the little uh, sponge splotches of paint, just and also the same like lilac-y kind of you know bluish, maybe periwinkle, the purpley blue. Oh, my gosh. So, But I'll save that. I'll table that for Designing Mothers, that episode, when we meet Vicky's mom. But, no, okay. And, TJ, it looks like she's got either a full-size or a queen-size bed. It might be a full. It is definitely bigger, of course, than the bed that she had when she shared a room with Stephanie. There's even a chair with a little um, ottoman in front of it and there's a a little um white wickerish type chair at the foot of dj's bed ah kimmy oh she has just got it bad for patrick swayze it's like all you need now is a poster of patrick swayze on your bedroom ceiling and then she like lays across dj's bed and says and just hope that the scotch tape gives out Yeah, that's right! I remember in the Slumber Party episode, Kimmy brought over a framed picture of Patrick Swayze, like, from Dirty Dancing. And DJ's like, Kimmy, please, I'm desperate, Alright, Look at this card that Kathy Santoni gave me. And she, this card is, like, huge. It looks like something that could have been at one point printed off of a computer, at some point down the road, um, yeah, it's it's such for such a small little note written inside. My thoughts are with you during your mega crisis. Indeed, it's like I'm having a mega crisis and I don't even know what it is. Wouldn't that just irritate you if everyone knew something that you, that was about you, but you had no idea what it was, like? It could even be people, like, knowing something, like, at your job, like, knowing you're going to get, like, a rate or a promotion. Like, you're up for a promotion and everyone else is already kind of knows, but they can't tell you about it. And so you're, like, on pins and needles, like, ah, just tell me, I want to know what's going on. That would drive me nuts. I swear, I wouldn't be able to focus on anything else. Like, no, tell me, please. (laughs) Right, Quinn? Yep. So, Kimmy finally comes clean to DJ, says, DJ sit down. And DJ sits in her computer chair, and Kimmy sits on that little wicker... little, uh, thing with a little, uh, patio. It almost looks like, like, patio furniture, in a way. That little, uh, wicker chair thingy. Anyway, actually, like, all right, Look, sit down. It's better you hear this from your best friend. The word that's going around is you are the worst kisser in school. Oh my gosh! I mean, granted, it's not the end-all be-all end of the world gossip, but in junior high, high school, you don't want something like that following you, especially if you're just getting into the dating pool. And DJ is shocked. She's like, "I am not." Who said that? Todd Mitchell. So the guy clearly does not know about him. this Todd Mitchell guy. He's like, "Oh, I could kill him." And DJ says, "He walked me home from the library, and he tried to kiss me, but I didn't want to kiss him. So when I turned my face, he slobbered all over my ear." So this guy. Figures, like, oh, she didn't want me to kiss her. Now I'm going to go around and say she's the worst kisser kisser ever. Like, what a jerk. Who is this guy? She says, then I turned my cheek and he slobbered all over my ear. Ew. See, the thing is, if she doesn't want it, that kid does not know anything about consent. If a girl is not interested and she turns away, that doesn't mean you continue to advance on her. It means you back off. And you walk away and you leave her alone. I mean, granted, this guy is not like Pete from the Funky Tongs, which we'll get to when I uh, cover that next year in the Good Girls and Bad Boys series. And Kimmy's like, ew, he doggy kissed you.
4: Spill it, Kimmy. Why is everybody talking about me behind my back? Because they don't have the guts to tell you to your face. Well, gotta go. Get back here, you coward. Kimmy, start talking. Uh, I love what you've done with your new room. All you need now is a poster of Patrick Swayze on your ceiling. Just kick back and hope the scotch tape gives out. <laughs> Kimmy, please, I'm desperate. Look at this card I got from Kathy Santoni. My thoughts are with you during your mega-crisis. I can't believe it. I'm having a mega-crisis, and I don't know what it is. Deej, sit down. I guess it's better if you hear this from your best friend. The word that's going around is, you're the worst kisser in school. (laughs) I am not. Who said that? Todd Mitchell. Todd Mitchell. I could kill him. He walked me home from the library. He tried to kiss me, but I didn't want to. So I turned my cheek and he slobbered all over my ear. <laughs> Ew. He doggy kissed you.
1: So there's a knock at the door, of course. Three guesses who that could be. Danny. Because DJ think, oh, come in. Like, no, wait, wait a second. And then she goes and she puts the note in her... Soft drawer I'm guessing she's got a wicker dresser that is pretty cool too and I'm just thinking about the fact you know DG's 15 she doesn't do her own laundry I mean honestly I mean I don't know what the start date is when someone decides like hey you're older now if you want you can do your own laundry it's a good you know idea so that way when you're on your own you can learn how to do your own laundry that kind of thing opens the door just as she shuts that that sock drawer. Oh, the lip phone is gone. They took the lip phone because DJ's got like some regular basic cream white phone. Hey, at least she's got her pillow person. So Danny's like, oh, he's basically fishing for information. It's like, oh, honey, how was school today? And Kevin's like, oh yeah, fine. Thanks for asking, Mr. T. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Danny wants to open the floodgates of communication and just let DJ know. Like, honey, you looked a little upset downstairs. So just, so you're aware. You probably already know, but I am available for you to talk to me about anything, at all. Whatever's on your mind. If you know, that's like home school. You know personal, you know, personal, whatever, I'm here. And DJ's like, well, Dad, there, there is something I want to say to you. And I like how uh, Kemi actually moved to the bed so that way Danny could sit down on this little wicker patio furniture thing. And he's like, oh, great. He, he's like, he's all ready. So, yeah, he goes to sit down, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm right here, honey. What do you want to talk about? And DJ just looks at him and says, um Kimmy and I want to be alone <laughs> that really takes the wind out of his sails it's like oh okay and yeah oh yeah great cool um yeah what what's and he starts backing out the doorway he's like what's important here is that we open up the channel the door of communication and she like shuts the door in his face So as soon as DJ shuts the door on Danny, she turns to Kimmy and says, all right, damage control. This bad kisser thing could follow me for, like, forever, like, through high school and the college. How are we going to take care of this? Well, but of course, DJ wants to know, like, well, how far has this rumor gone, like, just the, the students at school? And Kimmy says, well, um... I mean, it's hard to tell. I heard it from my biology teacher. Teachers are talking about this? <laughs> really? They don't have their own concept that they're just like, oh, yeah, have you heard of the latest about um, DJ Tanner? Yeah. Word is she's like the worst kisser ever. Oh, algebra teacher, not biology. Okay. And the look of Kimmy Oh, my gosh. And DJ's looking for, Oh, good, great. Now it's spread to the teachers. Come
4: in. No wait.
1: What even easier just to shove that under her bed? So, honey, how
2: was school
4: today? Fine, Mr. T. And thank you for caring.
2: <laughs> Jeez, you seemed a little upset downstairs. I just want you to remember that you can talk to me about anything. Well,
4: Dad, there, there is something I want to say to you
2: great great i'm right here huh
4: kimmy and i want to be alone
2: (laughs) fine great that's that's a good idea what's important here is we've we've opened up the door for communication
4: right dad bye
2: bye
4: (gasps) damage control this bad kisser thing could ruin my social life forever just how far is this rumor gone hard to say i heard it from my algebra teacher (laughs)
1: So, now we're in Stephanie and Michelle's room. And Stephanie is so excited because she finally gets to be on DJ's side of the room. Or as she says, the cool side of the room. (laughs) We see Michelle with her pencil bed. Actually, now that I think about it, when that room does get a remodel in... Season six. That pencil bed is gone. That's right. That pencil bed is so cool. I love it. Yeah, Stephanie's like, I got the cool window, the cool closet that I can look at my cool self. When she, she, yeah, she's got that mirror that DJ would always be in front of, putting hairspray on, brushing her hair. She's got her ballerina poster. Well, their ballerina shoes, and then DJ's desk is still in there with the red computer chair, and there's a bunch of, it's It almost, it's not a tackle box, but it's like one of those boxes with a bunch of little plastic drawers that you can pull out, so I don't know if there are beads in there, whether Stephanie makes her own jewelry, or whether they're earrings, even though tactically, Stephanie isn't supposed to have her ears pierced until season six. They could be clip-ons. Because she's like, oh, I wear, <clears throat> I wear clip-on earrings that look like pierced ear- earrings. Okay, I'm gonna say, um, I think Stephanie's gonna get the worst outfit of the episode. I just, oh, I'm not feeling what she's wearing. It's a fuchsia top that's got like a black bib on it with like red and different colored flowers and green leaves and it just it's it matches her skirt of the same image in her and I'm just I don't I don't care for it. I, I definitely wouldn't wear it. So Stephanie right away is clarifying like Because Michelle's got that Barney the Bear thing that hangs on the, that hung on the door, right? On the inside of the door to her bedroom, which is now DJ's. And Stephanie's like, you're not thinking of hanging a Barney the Bear in my room. like, sweetie, you share a room, okay? You will never have your own room (laughs) until you move out of the house. And Michelle does point out, like, yeah, but it's my room too. And Stephanie's like, uh, yes, yes it is. Uh, you know what? We'll take Barney and we will put him in the closet so he can hibernate all winter long. And Michelle hands on her hips, her hips, is all like, is this a trick? And somebody says, Michelle, Booby, baby, would I trick you? And Michelle says, Yes, and don't call me Booby. And she goes and grabs Barney. And Barney, it's just a wall hanging picture of a bear with some lettered blocks. For someone who just moved across the hall into a bedroom, she's got cardboard boxes of stuff. The little table there is filled with childhood books. So Danny's like, well, if DJ's not going to tell me what's going on, clearly one of the other girls must have it. Stephanie is always got the intel on what's going on with DJ. So, he's gonna go with her first. Like, have you heard what's going on with DJ? Has she talked to you? And, Stephanie makes a point of saying, Dad, I live with a kindergartner now, so, uh, the hottest rumors I hear are who put their lips on the drinking fountain? Ugh. So, Michelle asked Danny if he could tack, he could pr- put Barney up Above her bed. Ba- oh my god, and the fact that Stephanie is right across the room, if she's not sleeping on her side face in the closet, she's gonna be looking right into the those giant bear eyes that are just going to be like a painting just following her around that room. That's right, because during um the room makeover. They end up having Michelle's name, like spelled out on the wall in like cloth lettering. And Michelle's like, "Don't you think Barney looks cool?" And Danny says, "Yeah, the coolest." Okay, I'm (laughs) out of here. Oh, Michelle with the attitude. Hands on hip, she looks at Stephanie says, "I have some tricks too, (laughs) Booby." Like, you thought you were going to get rid of my bear? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to have him right above my bed where he will be watching you all the time. (laughs) Living
3: on this side of the room is going to be so cool. I got the cool window, the cool closet, and the cool mirror to look at my cool self. (laughs) I'm cool, too. Look at this. I'm not hanging up Barney the Bear in my room. It's my room, too.
0: That yes, it is. Eerie.
3: And at the perfect spot to hang Bernie. right inside the closet, where he can hibernate all winter. <laughs> hey, is this a trick, <coughs> Michelle, Bubby! Baby? Would I trick you? Yes, you would. And don't call me Bubby.
2: Hey, girls. Steph, did you happen to hear DJ mention anything that might be bothering her?
3: Dad. I live with a kindergarten kid now. The only hot rumors I hear are who put their mouth on the water fountain. <laughs> Daddy, could you put Barney over my bed?
2: Oh, you bet I can't, honey. I will tack him up right over here where nobody can miss him.
0: Oh, careful, Daddy. Careful, Daddy. Careful. Oh, <laughs> thank Daddy. That's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Don't you think Barney looks cool? The coolest. <laughs> I have some tricks, too, bubby.
1: So Danny goes into DJ's room with a laundry basket. And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, but if everyone in the house knows what your schedule is when it comes to cleaning and laundry, you know that he just wants to snoop. I mean, when he opened the door, she was just shutting that um, dresser drawer of hers and putting so he knows exactly where to look. Almost honestly bordering on obsession to wanting to know, like, why won't she talk to me? If she won't talk to me, I have to find out what's going on. It could be ext- really serious. See, this is why at fourteen, fifteen, you probably might want to start doing your own laundry, maybe. I don't know. And, and it's just, it's like, that—that that is an invasion of privacy. She's not hiding something she shouldn't. Yeah, and, and, well, DJ puts it in, she doesn't expect that her dad's going to start going through her dresser drawer. Because she puts it on the top, it's not like she buries it on, yeah, and he pulled the drawer out, the exact drawers that she shut. The whole time, he's in there, he's got the little laundry basket on her bed, and he's whistling the whole time like he is. and he's got his eye on the door just in case anyone comes in then Danny goes and sits on her yeah he's reading the card that Kathy Santoni sent DJ My thoughts are with you during your mega crisis he you're not gonna get anything other than that, so really this mystery you're trying to solve <laughs> yeah here comes Michelle hi daddy and he jumps. Off, up, off the bed like his butt's on fire. And Danny's like Michelle, <laughs> and he's hiding the note behind his back. He, he, he tells her, "Don't, don't scare Daddy like that." Daddy almost got whiplash. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Danny, you know what? I gotta say this. Serves you right. Anyway, you really, yeah. Okay, what is the? We still got DJ into the horse aesthetic thing because she's got like they're not the same type of horses like she had on her dresser when she and Stephanie were showing a room because those ones had like those blankets or whatever they were those green covers on their backs these ones don't There's also, I mean, just looking at DJ's new room, there's also a framed picture of the earth that says Save Our Earth. There's a lamp there that is attached to the wall that that doesn't really work as a bedside. I mean, you would have to get out of the bed and stand up to be able to even turn that light on. So how does that really function as a bedside lamp? Usually, see, if I want a lamp, if I want something like, oh my gosh, something's going on, let me turn on a light. Oh, I have to stand up and walk like a couple feet? And I, I'm sorry, just, I, I like my, I have a nice touch lamp that I ordered from Amazon. It's got the USB charging thing on it, too, which is really awesome. I stayed at a hotel once that had that, I'm like, I want to get lamps like that. And they're nice touch lamps, too, so you don't kind of, like, fumble around in the dark for the on-off switch to a lamp. But, yeah, she's got some paper bats on her bookshelf. I just, the set designer did an okay job. I mean, I just, I mean, it's fine. The only thing, like I said, I just, I like the the color aesthetic with the uh, the lavender, the lilac, and the salmon peach colors. So she asked Danny, like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, honey, I'm just putting away some laundry. And everyone, of course, even Michelle knows the laundry schedule. She says, but it's not Monday. So there would be no other excuse that he could use for being in his daughter's bedroom when she is not there. And he says, Oh, yeah, I switched it with dusting day to keep life more
2: exciting.
1: Even Michelle rolls around like, Okay.
2: (laughs) DJ? Daddy like that. Daddy just got whiplash.
3: What
2: are you doing? Well, I'm just out, I'm putting away some laundry, honey. But
3: laundry day
2: is Monday. Yeah, well, I switched it with dusting day. You know, just to keep life exciting. Okay.
1: <laughs> so now we're down in the kitchen. Jesse is installing the red light bulb. He's like, okay. Because Joey's there, too. Like, all right, watch this. And then he basically puts it in and turns it, tightens it. And Becky says, you know, I really wish the twins were already born so they could witness this moment. (laughs) Their dad screwing in a light bulb. So Jesse wants to emphasize this point. Okay, so let me tell you, the red light when that is on, that means I am recording and I am not to be disturbed for any reason. I be like well wait, what if the house is on fire? Like okay, there are, I'm sure there are extreme exceptions. You know, the house is on fire, there's an earthquake, there's a tornado well, I don't know if they get tornadoes out there in California. And natural disasters, basically. If there's a vital emergency, something happened to somebody, we need to, you know, then yes. But any other, you know, if you want to ask me if I want this for, no. Just figure it out yourself, okay? Just, yeah, exactly. So Joey's like. He goofy. this goofy idea. Like, oh, what if Godzilla is attacking, like, in all those, you know, old Japanese films? And then Joey does this impression of Godzilla, and it's like, oh, we can't, we, we must inform Jesse, the red light is, well, we can't, the red light is on, or something. And Jesse's like, you are the mother of all idiots.
0: Joey.
1: Joey looks like he's doing, like, a three stooges bit there with a little uh little two finger thing <laughs> He's, your insults have no effect on me <laughs> and jesse just kind of laughs to himself and heads downstairs
2: observe very carefully just screw in this light bulb okay all right okay
4: i only wish the twins were already born they'd be so proud of their dad <laughs>
2: Now, come on. This is very important. When the red light is on, it means that I'm recording and I'm not to be disturbed for anything whatsoever. What if Godzilla attacks like in those old Japanese movies? <laughs> Godzilla is attacking! We must inform Jesse!
0: <laughs> we can. The
2: red light is on. <laughs> You are the mother of all
0: idiots.
2: (laughs) Your insults have no effect on me.
1: Being at this time in early season five, Becky is very heavily pregnant with the twins. We actually do get to see... When Jesse brought Michelle down during that cold open, we only saw, like, the side of the studio from the left of the stairs but now as the camera has pulled back we see there is a uh, recording booth there is a large speaker attached just above the entryway as you walk into the studio so yeah and there's also like some seating there there's like a two little mini ottomans and then a larger ottoman just for people to kind of sit down and maybe if they want to listen in on a recording session well i don't really see jesse allowing that but um yeah just you know it's nice looking it really really is i like the wood paneling this isn't 1980s you know dark brown paneling, like, you know, the house I grew up in had that brown paneling. If you guys are aware, uh, lived in the 80s, you probably lived in a house that had wood paneling, (laughs) like, practically throughout. So, as Joey follows Jesse down into the studio, Joey says, this is a big moment, Jess. And Jesse's like, yeah, I know, working in my new studio. And Joey is like, well, no, because at the before that, in season four, they were a partnership. In season two through four, they were doing the advertising thing. You know, they were partners, and now they're kind of doing their own separate things. Joey's focusing more on comedy. Jesse's focusing more on creating music. But, of course, we know that that partnership is going to be reformed when they form the Rush Hour Renegades in Season 6. And that pretty much carries their partnership through Season 6 through Season 8. That's really cool. I, I like that. And I like that they kind of have – kind of they did that a little bit with Stephanie – being hired on as an assistant to Kimmy's party planning business. But it it really, I mean, it didn't seem nearly as what Jesse and Joey's, like, their advertising jingle, writing advertising jingles and stuff like that. And then the ro- radio show thing. Yeah, Joey's like, no, I'm talking about our ad. Yeah, our partnership. You know, you and I were in the ad business for three years. And it's almost like they're filling in people that maybe they kind of dipped out of the show and are just catching back up. It's almost like Joey is doing that more for the audience's benefit and saying, like, oh, yeah, that's right. They did do that from season two to season through season four. Going back to his comedy full time. (gasps) Well, wait a minute. Because doesn't this season, Joey eventually does become Ranger Joe. That's right. So he's kind of going in a different direction. And I'm trying to think, how long does Ranger Joe last before then Jesse and Joey are again partnering up for the Rush Hour Renegades in season six? So I'm thinking, Ranger Joe, I'm just thinking, does... That mainly just lasts for the duration of season five. And Joey is just so broken. Jesse seems fine. He does not seem at all concerned or saddened at all. Joey says, it's the end of an era. And then he grabs Jesse and hugs like, Oh, I'm going to miss you, man. <laughs> Joey like drags Jesse up out of his chair, and then they're over by the stairs, and Jesse tells Joey, he's like, Joey, look, we, we live in the same house, okay, we will see each other, I promise you, but I want to get jumping on my music, so if you could, so he's like pretty much trying to usher Joey out there, to like, okay, the red light is on, the meantime recording, go, 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 you know. Do something else that isn't down here with me. I love how Jesse's like, I love you, I miss you. And he's kind of like smacking Joey's face. (laughs) Joey is acting so horrified. Like, okay, fine, I get it. I have a full rich life on my own here. I'm gonna go upstairs and watch some Yogi Bear. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go upstairs, make some nachos, get ready for a little Yogi Bear. (laughs) But before Joey can do that, he goes to grab the door handle. It literally comes off in his hand. I'm sorry, but that would stress. The idea would be, I mean, don't get me wrong, the basement area, which was Joey's apartment, which is now the studio, which pretty much stays that way until Fuller House when Stephanie moves in. And it's back to being a little bedroom apartment again. But... That's still, I mean, think about it. How are you getting out of there? How are you getting out of there? The the handle came off and they're stuck down there. Oh, my gosh. That would, ugh. That would not be okay with that. No ventilation. There's no ventilation down there. There's no way to get out. There's no windows. Oh, my gosh. So, Joey comes down the, the steps and says, Jess, uh, there's one little problem. This doorknob came off of my hand. Jesse the whole time has, like, been sitting on the stool, like, getting his guitar ready to start playing. And he's like, well, what? What? That's impossible. I installed it myself. And Joey says, well, that explains it. So Jesse takes the doorknob from Joey And he goes and he puts it in the hole and he's pulling it out and putting it back in and just trying to have it connect to the other side. And he pulls it out and he looks, he's like, it's stripped. As in, there's nothing you can do that's going to make this handle work to open the door from the inside. And Jesse's like, we're locked in here. And Joey says, well, we'll just yell for help. Did you soundproof this room yourself? And Jesse's like, yeah. She says, okay, well, then they'll hear us. And the thing is, I'm thinking, which, of course, didn't dawn on them till the end when someone else has to mention it to them. Turn the light off. It's right there. Just turn the switch to the other
0: side.
2: Jess, this is a big moment. Yeah, first time working on my new studio. No, I'm talking about our partnership. You and I were in the ad business together for three years. And now you're committed to your music. I'm going back to my comedy full time. It's the end of an era. I'll miss you, man. (laughs) Joey, Joey, please, Justin, get a grip, okay? We, We we live in the same house. We'll see each other now. Now, run along upstairs. The red light is on. That means I'm not to be disturbed. Go, 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 go. I love you. I miss you. Okay, fine. I can take a hint. I have a very full and busy life of my own. I'll just go upstairs, make some nachos, get ready for a little Yogi Bear.
0: Oh, okay, great. Uh,
2: Jess, there's one little problem this doorknob came off right in my hand. It's impossible. I installed it myself. Well, that explains it. Strict. We're locked in here. Well, we'll just yell for help. Did you soundproof this room yourself?
0: Yeah.
2: But they'll hear us. So I
1: noticed one thing that when Joey comes over, he we see Jesse. It's like he's using masking tape, and then he's using like a sharpie or something to write on on the the keyboard that he has there, or piano, or whatever it's supposed to be. And I I don't know what that is. What that is, is, like, is it a normal thing Do people do that they that put masking tape to, like, put the, uh, so you know what keys are what? I don't know. And then another thing I noticed, on the wall, as you're coming down the steps into the studio, there's a framed picture that says award. And then there's a plaque, and then there's what looks like it could be a degree of some kind. And I'm like, are these Jessie's? Because we know in season six it's revealed He didn't graduate high school, so where are these... And he doesn't... It's not like he got a degree in advertising in season two. He or Joey, both of them, didn't. So, what are the... I want to... So, clearly, it just says award, and then it says Jesse Katsopoulos in big letters. So, I don't know. I thought that was, like... Well, usually, um... A wedding announcement is going to be, you know, a lot of times it does include a picture, so, uh, I don't know. Oh, Becky's making a sandwich because, you know, she's expecting twins, so she has to, you know, take care of her babies while they're developing. And, oh my goodness, Danny is fishing for information again. So, was Danny going downstairs Into the studio hoping maybe DJ confided in Jesse or Joey about this whole mega crisis thing. So Danny heads downstairs. He doesn't know anything about the red light. But Becky's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't go down there. The red light is on, so that means they're recording. And you just hear Jesse and Joey going, help. Help. And Danny's like, oh, I guess they're recording that Beatles song, Help. Really? Danny? You can't hear under, you can't tell the difference between a cry for help, help, not, you know, the Beatles song, help, (laughs) that doesn't sound musical at all, they're, like, asking for, like, help, we're locked in, they should have said help, we're locked in, help us, not just help, help. Joey is right, uh, Jesse's soundproofing that, yeah, so of course they would hear you. And Danny goes over to the kitchen counter and sits in the chair and says, you know, wow, man, I could use some help myself. DJ's having a mega crisis and she won't talk to me about it. And Becky raises an eyebrow like, well, wait a minute, how do you know she's having a mega crisis if she's not talking to you? And then Danny admits that he snuck into her sock drawer and read a note from that someone left her about it. Like, oh, he says, oh, I uh, kind of sort of saw this card in her sock drawer. And even Becky's like, it's not Monday. as he's like, oh, yeah, when I was putting away the laundry. And she's like, it's not Monday. And Danny's like, okay, I was snooping, but it's driving me nuts that she won't talk to me. Oh, my gosh. Danny, you can't – she's a teenager. She's not going to go to you with every little aspect of her life. I mean, my gosh. So DJ and Kimmy kind of pop in in the doorway from the living room and let Danny know, like, hey, Dad, I'm going to go over to Kimmy's, so I'll see you later. So uh, Danny, (laughs) he's not really being subtle in his questioning when he's (laughs) – like, oh, honey, before you go. I mean, I get it. He's being honestly, honey, look, I, I get a feeling that you have a problem and you're not uh, sharing it with me. I love this where DJ is, she, yeah, she's being I'm like, dad, there's no problem, really. Kimmy, do I have a problem? And Kimmy, like, turns and looks at Danny and she's like, well, your dad is kind of nosy. And Danny just kind of looks at Kimmy like, <laughs> and DJ just assures like, Dad, I'm fine, really. Look, I, I gotta go. Well, we gotta go. Uh, we'll see you later. I'll see you later. Oh, Dan, he! Oh my gosh, he's making such a big deal about this, when it turns out it's not as bad. Bu- <sighs> what parent is so just like? I have to know every aspect of your life. Like, well, who you're hanging out. Well, he can see she's hanging out with Kimmy. Yeah, he goes over to Becky's He's like, did you see that? She lied right to my face. And Becky calls him. Like, well, you weren't exactly honest of your little raid on her sock drawer. Like, Danny, it's not that big of a deal. Becky even says, you know, I hate to get technical, but you weren't exactly honest when you, about you raiding her sock drawer. And Danny, oh, he's just so broken up about this. I mean, are parents really that, I mean, he's just so, like, it's like, what's happening to me and DJ? We used to be so close. When you had the heart-to-hearts and stuff like that, you know, I mean, that's one thing, but think about it. Prior to, like, the pilot episode, how much really did Danny spend one-on-one with the kids? It was always the kids and and Pam and stuff like that. Because think about it, when DJ was going to move down to the basement or however... And Danny calls her back and he says, DJ, how would mom have handled this? And she says, mom would have caught me before I moved down to the garage because mom knew everything I was about to do before I did it because she knew her kids that well. But, I mean, we've seen them, you know, have these heart-to-hearts and stuff like that, but it's situations that, you know, you know, they have their... Just whatever, you know, their their chats, their talks. But just because she's not coming to you about something, I guess what I'm just trying to say is he, he is honestly making a bigger deal about this than it really needs to be. And Danny says, Becky, I feel like I'm losing my little girl. And I... I don't know what to say to this. I really just feel that Danny is... I get it. She's his firstborn and everything like that. he has this bond with her, you know, that's probably stronger than his bond with Michelle. Because Michelle is more bonded, really, to Jesse, if you think about it. So he just thinks that... Well, and the thing is, also, the times, like, Danny would confide about his problems to DJ. Like the whole triple date scenario when, uh, and that whole thing with you know, the, the wedding ring getting, you know, down the drain and all that stuff and how, you know, he sat there and he, he talked to her about it or also the miracle of Thanksgiving when they sat down and they were talking about, you know, Danny wanting to spend over $200 to buy a turkey from these two ladies who wound up at the wrong house and just, You know, Danny dating for the first time and how this is, you know, hard for him and whatnot. And it's just, I get that he feels that closeness with DJ that she is comfortable enough to confide in him in certain things. But at some point in time, if a situation, if it's something that she can take care of on her own, like this little rumor thing, then just let her, everyone should be allowed to have a little bit of privacy I mean, when it starts affecting your everyday life and your home life, yeah, maybe the parents should probably step in and just ask questions and stuff, but this isn't that type of situation.
2: Hey, Becky. Hey. The guy's downstairs?
4: Yeah. Oh, wait. The red light's on. That means they're recording.
2: (laughs) They're doing the Beatles song. Help. Oh, man. I could use some help myself. DJ's having a mega crisis and she won't talk to me about it. Well, if she won't talk to you, how do you know she's having a mega crisis? Oh, well, I kinda sorta saw this card in her sock drawer when I was putting away the laundry.
0: It's not Monday.
2: (laughs) Okay, I was snooping. And it's driving me nuts that she won't talk to me.
4: I'll see you later, Dad, I'm going over to Kimmy's.
2: Uh, Wait, before you go, honey, Look, uh, I have this feeling that you've got a problem and you're not sharing it with me.
4: Dad, there's no problem. Kimmy, do I have a problem? Well, your dad is (laughs) kind (laughs) of (laughs) nosy. Look, Dad, I'm fine, really. I gotta run. Bye. Bye.
2: Did you see that? She lied right to my face.
4: Well, I hate to get technical, but you lied, too. You never
3: mentioned your little
2: rain on her sock drawer. What's happening to me and DJ? We used to be so close. Becky, I feel like I'm losing my little girl.
1: Danny, I feel like you're kind of overreacting. Yeah, you know, what? I was just thinking about this just now, is the fact that what if Jesse and Joey were available to talk? And Danny kinda of said, you know, this is a situation. What do you guys think? My guess is I really think that maybe Jesse and Joey just might like, hey, let her come to you if there's a situation. Don't push, don't pry, because Yeah, exactly. You're gonna you're gonna put up a wall there and she's not gonna come to you because she's going to think, oh, he's always suspicious of me. Every little thing I do. Cause at some point she, they are going to get, I remember watching this episode and just the anger that just DJ had towards, I mean, I can't remember a time after or even really before this where Well, wait a minute, no, the whole thing with Danny not wanting her to spend time with, like, you guys need to take a break for a bit, that kind of thing, and all, well, you can't tell me what to do, because I'm going to see him whenever I want, and then she runs out of, so I guess, you know, there was that other time, but, uh, so, DJ is all about the Everest forest green, because she's got green plaid pants, like, light green, dark green, and then she's got a green shirt, long sleeve shirt, and a green jacket. So she was all about the green. And she's telling Kimmy, like, hey, we need a plan, okay? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? Yeah, she... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That is Kimmy's uh, idea. She like, we have to have a, a plan. I got to get everyone to stop thinking I'm a bad kisser. And, yeah, doesn't... Kimmy comes up with a, well, you could kiss every guy in school until, uh... Yeah, just make out with every guy in school until they change their minds. Well, I mean, that could be something, but do you really want to go down that road? I honestly would say, can, and the, God, <laughs> this is prior to cell phones, of course, we all know this. So... It's not like, like, hey, go get your cell phone, we're going to confront this guy, we're going to get it on film, so that way we can have a recording of his confession when he admits that. I'm sorry, I lied, I shouldn't have, yeah. But... Um... <laughs> and the mall is a hangout where I'm guessing other kids are going to be there from school, like that's where all the kids hang out at the mall. So, I mean, as long as he's saying it to not just the two of them, because Kimmy's a witness, but to maybe other people that go, like, okay, well, we heard him admit that he lied. Yeah, they got a game plan now, so they are ready to confront this kid. So, Danny catches DJ before she even walks out the front door, like, Hey, DJ, wait up a sec. Uh, you know what I was kind of thinking? Uh, you and I really haven't had a whole lot of time to hang out. You know, just the two of us? What do you say we go bowling? Yeah, and he kinda, He just springs this on her as she's practically out the door. She says, Dad, I can't just hang out with you. I mean, Kimmy and I have plans. And Danny's like, wait, why don't you hang out with your dad? I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Kimmy and I have plans, and Danny asks, to do what? And DJ says, to hang out. Oh my gosh, he is, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring up that he feels just kind of needy. I don't know, I don't know, I just, uh but he's like, hey, come on, why don't you hang out with your dad? I'm thinking, yes, Father's Day, your birthday, I'm there, we'll hang out all day. But tonight I gotta get I gotta do this thing with Kimmy. We gotta we gotta do stuff things. You know, yeah. So yeah, let's table that for another night. I'll pencil you in because I have a very busy social calendar. So yeah. Father's Day, your birthday, we'll hang out all day. Or hey, you wanna go head up and get some froyo? We can do that on Sunday. We'll have a daddy daughter day. <laughs> he is just like, hey, you wanna know what would be totally a blast? How about we go bowling? As he for emphasis shows like rolling an invisible bowling ball down a lane. <laughs> Kimmy, I love like her uh <laughs> She's like, Wow, Mr. T, that sounds nifty. Are Wally and the Beef coming too? And the look that Danny gives her is, like, basically, get out of my house. And Kimmy's like, oh, whoops, one step too far. (laughs) He does. He just levels her with this stare, like, you need to go. You need to not be here right now. (laughs) Kimmy makes herself scared. She can't get out of that door fast enough. DJ just looked so crestfallen, like, oh, Dad, you scared away my friend. Why did you do that? So now it just feels like he's kind of backing her into a corner, as in, we're doing this, we're going bowling, whether you want to or not. Okay, Dad, let's go bowling. And she even says, like, Dad, I haven't been bowling since my seventh birthday. Yeah, fast forward seven years. I mean, is it probably really no different than riding a bike? I don't know. I, the, the last time I went, like, bowling, bowling was back when Jeremy and I dated. or Like, early on in dating, like, 2004, 2005. And Jeremy can't bowl anymore because he's got a bad shoulder. So, the only bowling we would be able to do would be Wii Sports. Ugh. That's a, I, Oh, my gosh. I hate fizz that bowling and. Eighth grade, I thought was it seventh or eighth grade. We would like that would be the thing. We would like go bowling, and then of course everyone got to you know pick whose team they're gonna be on. And little shy me, well you have to be on a team. Here, let me put you on somebody's team. Awkward beyond belief, cause nobody wanted me on their team. I did. <laughs> The couple of friends I had didn't take phys ed with me, so it's was just like, I'm the odd duck out, basically. Like, can't I just stand over there in a corner and, like, read a book? Sit, sit on the sidelines and read a book or something? <laughs> My gym teacher, she was really cool, though. She She looked out for me. Yeah, because I remember, like, I I don't know why she was running the concession stand of the bowling alley, but she had given me, like, a pop or something, um, a glass of pop, and she's like, don't say I never did anything for you or something. But she was really cool. She was really cool. Yeah, of course a 7-year-old is probably going to be into bowling more than a 14-year-old would be. It's like, yeah, and you loved it. I'm like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, when I was 7. It's, that was, probably, yeah, she said my s- seventh birthday party, like, they probably had an outing at the ball- bowling alley, and, you know, Pam was there, and little Stephanie was just a little toddler, so, and Michelle was, like, not there yet, so, she wasn't even, she didn't even exist, so, yeah, it's like, DJ just kind of grits her teeth and is like, okay, dad, let's go bowling. <sighs> Oh my gosh, he even adds, okay, dad, if it means that much to you, let's go bowling. Yeah, and he hugs her, like, oh, that's my girl, because she's doing what he wants. The way that she's like, okay, if it means that much to you, because you're kind of backing me into a corner, let's go bowling. You scared my friend away, so. It's like, okay, I'm gonna, so he's got his own ball, so he doesn't have to use any of the ones at the lane. He's also got his bowling shoes, because who's wearing rented bowling shoes and yeah, because you have to have your own, well bowling shoes. Like you can't just wear regular shoes because you could slip on the lane and then, you know, they get sued and then, you know, yeah. And then we learned too much about Danny's feet. Corn protectors. Ew. Ah, Ugh! I'm going to puke. I don't want to know about those. You keep your feet business, to you, your private self there, Danny.
4: Kimmy, we need a plan. We have to get people to stop saying I'm a bad kisser. I got it. Just make out with every guy in school until they change their mind.
2: Teach, <laughs> wait a second. Um, look, I was just thinking. You and I hardly have any time to hang out anymore. What do you say we uh, hang out tonight?
4: Dad, I can't just hang out with you. Kimmy and I have plans. To do what? To hang out.
2: Oh, come on, why don't you hang out with your dad? <laughs> you know it would be totally a blast. let me go bowling.
4: <laughs> Gee, Mr. T, that sounds nifty. Are Wally and the Beef coming too? <laughs>
0: Oops, <laughs>
4: one step too far. <laughs> Later, Deej. Dad, I haven't been bowling
2: since my seventh birthday. Yeah, and you loved it. Okay, Dad, if it means that much to you, let's go bowling. That's my girl. Just let me get my ball, my shoes, my cord protectors, and we're out of here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God,
1: Stephanie, this is hilarious. As she's, like, moving stuff from one side of the room to the other, she keeps looking over at... That Barney the bear that's tacked above Michelle's bed. And it's like, it's got these eyes that like follow you. And eventually, Stephanie's is just like, ugh, I can't take it anymore. That thing keeps looking at me. How long has she that that thing? <laughs> and Michelle says, that's because he likes you. Well, I don't know about that. So, Stephanie thinks of this right off the bat. It's like, wow, she just pulled this. So, she's like, hey, Michelle, I have an idea. How would you like to be part of the big girls club? Michelle says, I am a big girl. I should be part of that club. And Stephanie says, you're going to love it. It's got a secret song and everything. And, of course, Michelle, right away, she's like, how does the song go? And Stephanie's like, uh... (laughs) It's like really like, uh, what's the quickest song I can make up in my head? like, I'm a big girl, you're a big girl, yada, 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 (laughs) Michelle with the little two fingers, like, I like the little dance. (laughs) So this is how Stephanie proceeds to hopefully get rid of that Barney the Bear thing. Like, all we have to do to be in the club is to get rid of all, all of our baby stuff. And Michelle kind of realizes where this is headed. She's like, uh oh, you mean Barney, don't you? So Stephanie says, you know, there's nothing more babyish than a toy bear. And Michelle's like, okay, nice knowing you, Barney. <laughs> I mean, I get what my- Stephanie is trying to do because she doesn't like. I mean, mean, she thinks it's bad now with the lights on. Just think about how it's going to be when the lights are turned off and that thing is just staring into your soul with its big old eyes. It's following you around the room. Oh, my gosh. And Stephanie says, okay, look, I know this is painful, so I'll get rid of Barney for you. And Michelle says, I'll get rid of Mr. Bear for you. And Michelle goes over and takes Mr. Bear. And Stephanie's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Freeze. Drop the bear. Oh my god, when I play this clip, listen to this. When Michelle says, and I'll get rid of Mr. Bear for you. As soon as she picks Mr. Bear up off the bed, you hear an audience member going, whoa, like, um, no, 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 sweetie. That is not for you to play with or get rid of. Yeah, Stephanie, like, whirls around on Michelle and says, Freeze! Drop the bear! And Michelle just drops Mr. Bear on the bed. And Stephanie says, Back away slowly. Michelle looks literally, she, her hands are up like, Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She looks <laughs> definitely scared. Like, oh boy. And Michelle kind of calls her on it. She says, You said no toy bears in the big girls club? And Stephanie clarifies, like, I know I said that, but Mr. Bear is not a toy. He's a member of the family. And Michelle says, well, so does Barney. He keeps the monsters away. And Stephanie says, there's no monsters in this room. And Michelle says, well, then he's doing a good job. So Stephanie's like, oh, boy. Okay, fine, the bears stay. And (laughs) Michelle's like, am I still in the big girls club? And I love, (laughs) Stephanie just so dismissive at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's like I'm not getting my way. I really don't care. Dang, why did I come up with this? So, of course, Michelle wants to sing that song again. And Michelle starts going, I'm a big girl, you are a big girl, yada, 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 yada. And then she looks at Stephanie and says, I can't hear you. And Stephanie's like, ugh, oh, I'm a big girl, you're yeah, a big girl, yoni, yoni, yoni. It's like, uh, ugh. <laughs> just makes me think of, and I won't cover it until August with the hole in the wall gang. But um, that song that they came up for why Danny was wondering why DJ and Stephanie were in his bedroom. And like, oh yeah, we came up with this song about you. Oh yeah, how's that song go? And the fact that they came up with it on the fly. It's just, wow. I mean, fast thinking. I couldn't do it. And Stephanie's got a picture. That's right, she's got one of Tommy Page, a small one, like pin-up size. And then she's got a poster of Nelson. So I look, not that Nelson. We haven't met him yet. We still got... Three seasons before we meet him. Nelson, the guys with the blonde long hair. I I looked up like their music. Is there anything I've heard of them? And nothing. I've not heard of any of their songs. (laughs) I love how she's like a thing.
3: (laughs) I can't take it. That thing keeps looking at me. That's because he likes you. Michelle, here's a fun idea. How would you like to be in the big girls club? I'm a big girl. I should be in that club. You're going to love it. It's got a secret song and everything. Ooh, how did it go? Um, I'm a big girl. You're a big girl. Yadda 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 yadda. yada. I like the little Dan. Now, all we have to do to get in the Big Girls Club is get rid of all our baby stuff. Uh oh, you mean Barney, don't you? There's nothing more babyish than a toy bear. Well, okay. Nice knowing you, Barney. (laughs) I know this is painful, so I'll get rid of Barney for you. And I'll get rid of Mr. Bear for you. Freeze! (laughs) Bears in the big girls club, but Mr. Bear is not a toy. He's a member of the family. So it's Bony. He keeps the monsters away. There are no monsters in here. See, he's doing a good job. <laughs> okay, bears stay. Are oh, we still in the big girls club? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yay, I'm a baker. You're a baker. Yaddy, yaddy, yadda yadda.
1: So, okay, let's go back to the basement and see how Jesse and Joey are holding up with lack of oxygen and no windows down there in the basement. Well, they seem to be doing okay. Uh, Joey's like, hey, if we both get a running start and bam, right into that door, we're going to knock it down like that. And Jesse is just like, yeah, right, that isn't going to work. You know what? We don't have any other options. Let's give it a whirl. Yeah, and when Jesse says, that'll never work, and Joey tells him, like, it will if we hit it at the exact same time, he's like, that door will pop have you been locked in, um, (laughs) Uh, have you, he sounds like he's, this is from experience, like, this has happened before, and Joey's, like, an expert at this, and Jesse finally says, well, you know what, we don't have any other choice, so. So, (laughs) Jesse says, okay, we got to both do it together, and it's got to be precise, all right? I'm going to count. So, Jesse counts, one, two, and he, mind you, he's got to go up steps. So, you're trying to go full force up two steps, and then up at least five more steps to get to this door. Granted, Jesse crashes at, he, oh my gosh, he probably messed up his shoulder. Joey, of course, notices the red light is on, ding, 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 let's just turn that off, and right away, Becky comes down, oh, she was making sandwiches for the guys, yeah, Jesse comes down the stairs and says, what happened to you, I thought we were supposed to hit it at the exact same time, and Joey points at the red light and says, you left the red light on, no wonder no one's come down to rescue us. Joey's <laughs> like good thing i caught that really if you <laughs> you would have been out of there a lot if you'd caught it like right after it happened so becky comes down the stairs the door doesn't close luckily thank goodness otherwise they really would have problems she's like guys lunch is ready Whew, i thought that red light would never go off and Becky's like, you guys are working really, really hard. Jess, I am really, really, really proud of you. And she, like, takes her fist and does kind of like a little, uh, little punch to the shoulder. His shoulder, that just, like, connected with the door. Oh, gosh. I mean, it wasn't a hard punch. It was just kind of a little uh, touch punch to the shoulder. It's
2: like, ah. If we get a running start and crash into that door, we'll break it right down. That'll never work will if we hit it at the exact same time that door will pop right open <coughs> we got no choice okay we've got to both do it together and it's got to be precise all right so i'll count all
1: right we'll someone hear through. them you hitting on the One, door though repeatedly two three
2: go oh, hey the light now <laughs> what happened to you you left the red light on no wonder nobody's come downstairs to get us it's a good thing i caught that
4: <laughs> guys Lunch is ready. Boy, I thought that red
1: light would never go off. You guys are really working hard. Jess, I am very, very, very proud of you. Oh, actually, she did really good. Ow. Okay, so now we're going to Palace Bowl. There are 24 lanes there. And apparently this is not electronic yet, so everything has to be done by pencil and paper. Oh, my gosh it makes me want to rip out my hair Uh, (laughs) I'm so happy that they I mean it seemed like when I was in junior high when I had to do that bowling for PE it was electron like on the uh, things there so everyone can see how bad you're playing (laughs) But I, I, no way would I be able to want to do that I had to write everything down that would take the fun hold on a second I gotta write this down oh my gosh and he's like, oh, honey, you're doing really great. And DJ looks up at Danny he's like, and she like, I just wrote my name down on the score sheet. And he's like, well, your penmanship has really improved since last time. Danny has got a bowling shirt. It's a teal or kind of a sky blue bowling shirt that it's got his name monogram down the front of it. He's even got a bowling type glove on. Wow, he went all out. I mean, the shoes, the ball, the shirt. Are we sure that he's not part of some league somewhere? So DJ's like, Dad, you're up. And he explains to her that the most important part of bowling is getting a good r- rhythm going. So he Apparently, you got to be really nice and limber because he's like bending at the knees and everything like that. This guy... Off to the side here is really looking at Danny like you're interrupting my conversation with my wife. I was saying something really important, and now I lost my train of thought thanks to you. Hey, it's this guy is like really looking at Danny, and he's it's like, "Oh my gosh, is that? Could that be? Is that Danny Tanner from San Francisco? And me without a camera?" <laughs> All right, Danny. Yeah, he comes right back to him. You got a strike. Sweet. I thought for a second that guy was like, because the way that he's getting, he's crouching like he's getting up this guy, whether I thought it's like, is Danny using the wrong lane? Like, hey, buddy, you're on the wrong lane. I, I don't know what this guy's deal is. Danny is just, oh, showboating bo- all the way. He's like, oh, the damn man still has a to touch. I wonder if he would take PM t- on bowling dates. Danny, I swear he must have been part of a league at one point. And TJ is trying to get Danny to kind of cool down. Like, Dad, we're in public. Can we not be all over the place? Thank you. This is... (laughs) Danny is... he's, He's putting too much pressure on DJ. He's putting too much emphasis on this whole thing. Like, oh my gosh, this is so great. We should join a father-daughter league. And I love how DJ is just grimacing, like, <laughs> yeah, that's something to think about very carefully. <laughs> like, oh, I am not doing that. No, thank you. <laughs> She's like, something to think about <laughs> very carefully. Um, DJ basically gets a gutter ball, He's like, oh my gosh, you gotta do this. You gotta bend your knees. You gotta do a little hop. You gotta, like, just let her do what, what she's gonna do. Everyone's got their own technique. you got to stand here coaching me the whole time. It's like you're taking what little fun of this there even would be. Like, it's like, yeah, he's forcing this time on DJ, this fun, like, that she didn't even want to do. And then he's all in her face, like, you gotta do that. You gotta buh buh, buh 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 It's like, stop, stop. Okay, his shoes are really squeaky, like, it's just, you can hear it, like, the, and and then he's also talking about, like, that's why I'm here, honey, to guide you in life or bowling, help you with your problems, be them bowling or in life. Yeah, he says whether they be at, you know, bowling or at home or in school. And, uh, yeah, he is just, oh, he is just digging so deep for the, he wants, he wants, but he's being so obvious about it. He's like, any of those, uh, pertain to you? And T.J., I'm like, if I were, I'd be like, Dad, I'm fine. Please stop. Please stop. If I have a problem, I will come to you, but I'm not, I don't have one. So, can we just bowl? I mean, I thought that's why you wanted to come out, to bowl. I mean, if this was just a reason to get me out here to talk about oh my god, I would have been like, you know what? I want to go. I don't want to do this anymore. But then again, DJ's not like that. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, she says dad for the millionth time. I'm fine. <laughs> and she's like, alright, second shot. Second time up. Alright, here we go. And he's like, alright, now remember, Deej. And she's like, I got it. Stop, drop, and roll. And he's like, oh no that's what you do in case of a fire I mean but it might work here let's see oh well she got one that's not horrible I guess it's better than a gutter well it did it hit the one and then it turned into a gutter ball okay but everything she does he's making an exaggerated thing out of it He's like all right I no five on the side and DJ's like dad no one does that anymore yeah you say, I just I'm sorry I got carried away with all this father daughter fun like dude you seem like the only one that is really into this like but he's just being so exaggerated about you see everyone else that's bowling around there do you hear a peep out of them he's making enough noise for that entire bowling alley that you could probably hear him over the sound of the lanes, the crashing pins, the rolling bowling ball, and just everything else going on. So I'm guessing DJ told Kimmy where she was because Danny's up to bowl, and here comes Kimmy mentioning about, uh, (laughs) yeah, Guess who's at the mall? Todd Mitchell. We need to go down there and do some damage control. Spreading more lies about DJ. What is this guy's problem? Why is he attacking DJ, verbally attacking DJ, slandering her? All because she wouldn't kiss him? Yeah, what? Kimmy comes over like, hey, DJ. And then Danny, who's holding the ball, drops it, which I don't think you should be doing that on a lane you're going to dent it, and uh, because he drops a bowling ball, which bounces backwards. And Kimmy says, the pins are that way, Mr. T. Guy, oh my god, he his wife is sitting down, and this guy with the mustache keeps looking over at Danny. It's like he is starstruck. And... Kimmy goes over to DJ and says, DJ, we have to get to the mall right away. And Danny, of course, is eavesdropping because he's holding the ball, just, like, listening in. He's being so obvious. Because DJ turns her head and Danny is just there with an ear kind of cocked sideways, like, hmm, what's this now? Will her secret finally be revealed? (laughs) And DJ's like, Dad, aren't you up? Like, aren't you bowling? That's the whole point of why you dragged me down here. You wanted to bowl. (laughs) Yeah, Todd Mitchell is down at the food court spreading more rumors about DJ. So DJ says, look, Kimmy, we need to put a stop to this. So she goes up to Danny. So, yeah, she's like, look, Dad, this has been really a lot of fun, but do you mind if I go down to the mall with Kimmy? And Danny's like, right now? We're only in the second frame. I I paid for 10. And DJ says, the one of my friends really needs me right now. And she says, thanks for understanding, and kisses him on the cheek, and leaves. Yeah, she says, oh, by the way, you're the best dad. Thank you. I won't be out too late. This girl looks like I've seen her as somebody's classmate. Because, and I swear, I thought that Danny, like, hired this father-daughter thing duo here to kind of like emphasize you know his early days with with DJ like hey remind I'm gonna pay you and your daughter if you'll show up and recreate a scene of you know me bowling with my daughter when she was young or or whatever he didn't do that but it just it feels like it's just Right on the nose, kind of snubbing Danny, like, hey, rubbing it in his face, like, hey, remember this, remember how great things are. That girl, he's only got a few years with her before she turns on him and becomes a teenager herself. So it's like, soak it in, man, because (laughs) given another uh, five years and uh, yeah. Oh, Danny, let's join a father-daughter league. He's like, oh, you bet, honey. We're going to do that. So <laughs> DJ comes back because she swapped out her shoes. And she's like, hey, Dad. And Danny is so overjoyed. He's like, oh, DJ, great. You're back. She's like, can I borrow $10? says to have $10 just in his pocket, not in his wallet just there. <laughs> she's like, great, thanks. <laughs> she's like, uh, high five, remember? <laughs> He's like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Girl, oh my god, I swear, like, he, Danny paid this father-daughter, they may not even be related, to show up and, like, perform this little skit of, because she's like, Daddy, Daddy, I got a strike! And I'm thinking, okay, girl, calm down, calm down. (laughs) Unless it's the first time she ever got a strike. And the guy is just like, that's my girl! I love you, Danny! Like, okay, Danny, you may as well just go. (laughs) Danny you have two other daughters that you could be doing this with why do you need to recreate this thing that you had with DJ these days gone by you have two other daughters you could be doing making memories with as well you have to adjust to the fact that DJ is a teenager that's just it you can't go back to those younger years she can't be a seven year old anymore. She's 14.
2: Gee, <laughs> hey, isn't this fantastic? You're doing great. Huh?
4: Dad, all I did was write our names on the score sheet.
2: Well, since the last time you bowled, your writing has really improved.
4: <laughs> okay, Dad, you're
2: up. Right. Now, sweetheart, what I want you to know is the most important part of bowling is getting a good rhythm going, okay? So first you do that, then push off warm back, hop, and swoop. Oh, baby, go, baby, go, baby. Steer right! All right. The damn man still has the touch. Dad, we're in public.
1: Yeah, let's not, oh,
4: please.
2: You know what? This is just great. Why don't we join a <laughs> father-daughter league, huh?
4: Something to think about. Very carefully.
2: (laughs) All right, remember, push off, arm back, hop, and swoop. (laughs) Go, baby, go, baby, go, baby, go. No, baby, no,
0: baby. Oh, ball. we'll get him on the next ball, honey. Don't worry about it. That's why I'm here,
2: to help you with your problems, whether they be in bowling, at home, or uh, at school. Any of those pertain to you?
4: Dad, for the millionth time, I'm fine. Second shot.
2: Okay, now remember. I
4: know. Stop, drop, and roll. Now
2: well, that's what you do in case of a fire. It might work here though. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> go
2: baby, go baby, go baby.
0: All right, one
4: big one. High
2: five, low five, on the side.
4: Dad, no one does that anymore.
2: <clears throat> oh, sorry. I just got carried away with all this father-daughter fun. <laughs>
0: Any good. Enter that way,
4: Mr. T.
2: What a nice surprise.
4: <laughs> DJ, we have to get to the mall right away. Dad, aren't you up?
2: Oh, right.
4: Guess who's down at the food court spreading more rumors about you? Todd Mitchell. We have to put a stop to this. Hey, Dad. You know, this has really been a lot of fun, but do you mind if I go down to the mall with Kimmy?
2: Right now? These were only in the second frame. I paid for ten.
4: Well, one of my friends really needs me. Thanks for understanding. You're the best dad. I won't be out too late. This is
0: so
2: much fun. Let's join that father daughter league.
0: You bet, sweetheart. Let's
1: rub it in his face.
2: Hey, dad. All right, DJ, you're back.
4: Can I borrow ten bucks?
3: Sure. There you go. Thanks. High five. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, I got a strike! That's my girl. I love you, Daddy.
1: <laughs> so, now we're back at home. Danny is staring at this picture of six, seven-year-old DJ over, by, over on the fireplace uh, above the mantel, or on the mantel. And just thinking of, oh, when things were so simple, she would share everything with me. And now it's like she's become this person I don't even recognize. Annie is also wearing green. And Gigi's like, hey, Dad. And he's like, oh, good. You're... Everything all right? Everything go good at the mall? And as she's hanging up her jacket, like, yeah, everything went fine. And then she uh, steps down into the living room, and she starts heading towards the kitchen, and Danny says, uh, Deej, don't you think we should talk? And Deej is like, um, okay, so, uh, how did you bowl? How'd you do? And he's like, no, 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 not about that. And, yeah, he pretty much goes just right out and says, no, I mean, with you, I, I know you're... Having some kind of problem. And DJ says, Dad, give me a break. It's no big deal. And then letting the cat out of the bag and pretty much just admitting to going into a room and looking through her stuff. He says, since when is a mega crisis nothing? The way she turns and just looks at him with this shocked look like, excuse me? Like, did I just hear you right? Yeah, she says, "Mega crisis." Where did you get that? Danny's like, "Oh, uh, I mean, it just kind of popped into my head." And DJ calls him on it. She's like, "Oh no, you mean you just popped into my sock drawer and read my personal property?" And she's asking like, "Well, how could you do that?" And Danny's he's trying to cover like oh, look, I'm sorry, okay, it was an accident. I was putting away your laundry. And she's like, It's not Monday. I would have been like, Really? Seriously? That's the excuse you're going with? I mean, like, you don't see me going through your drawers? Looking through your stuff? Yeah, and she's calling on me like you were spying on me and you know it. And he looks at her like, Well, what was I supposed to do? You wouldn't talk to me. And she tells him, like, maybe because it's none of your business? Yeah, and she throws her hands up, like, what's next? You're gonna bug my phone, listen in on my phone calls? Yeah, and she starts heading up the stairs, and he's like, "Hi, I don't like that tone, young lady. And she turns around and says, well, I don't like your attitude. Yeah, no, she says, well, I don't like you invading my privacy. Yeah, and Danny is all like, well, I'm your father. It's almost like, well, that gives me a right to just go through your stuff whenever I feel like it. He's like, well, I'll invade Normandy if I want to. Yeah, and she tells, Danny is, I am not going to say that because this is a clean podcast. He's PO'd. He is, I have never, oh my gosh. Well, no, I have seen this look on his face, but he's angry. She's like, just stay out of my sock short and stay out of my life you gotta... I mean, come on. You gotta give some level of privacy to your kid. If you feel there's something going on and there's evidence, there's signs and everything, and you want to ask questions, but the way that Danny has gone about this is just... It's ridiculous. And he... This whole episode... It's like he is obsessed with whatever this, like, he was blowing way out of proportion, like, there's something really, really wrong, yeah, and he's, like, chasing her up the stairs, and he's like, you get back here right now, DJ, and just her thought of, I can't wait to get out of this house, and I'm thinking, well, you might be out of the house for a little, but you will be going back to it, <laughs> and, yeah, so, but anyway, Yeah, and he he points finger and says, hold it right there. I'm not done talking with you. And she's, like, got the door open. She's in between the hallway and her bedroom. And she's like, well, I'm through listening to you. And she slams the door in his face. Yeah, I'm through listening to you. He goes right, he just opens the door and goes right into her room. And when he opens the door, she's, like, sitting on the edge of her bed. And she's got a hand up to her forehead. Almost like she's just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, has it ever been to this point where they are full on yelling at one another? Because he just walks right into her room. She like, see, you don't even knock anymore. Yeah, she says, see, you don't even knock. You have no regard for my personal space. And Danny's like, don't tell me about personal space. You're yelling in my, and slamming doors in my face. And then we get to the root of it. What happened to my sweet little girl? he's like don't you dare tell me about respect you're yelling at me and slamming doors dj has had enough she's like don't you get it i'm not your little girl anymore like whatever this is you need to stop you need to face the fact that i'm getting older i mean granted you probably tell him but danny just will not listen to reason He needs to come down to earth. Honestly, if Jesse and Joey were around to even kind of like, Danny, Danny, you need to take it down a notch. If they'd have been available so Danny could kind of like, hey, this is the situation, how do I handle this? Then maybe they could have reasoned, like, Danny, you are really... This is not the way to go about this. If there's a problem, DJ will come to you. But the fact that they weren't available and Danny just kept going on this tirade, just, like, really constantly, like, forcing this father-daughter time and hopes. And the fact that he he was constantly fishing for, like, constantly, hey... Anything going on in your life? Any problems? You know, I'm here. I'm here. If you want to talk, I'm here. Do you have anything going on? Do you want to talk to me? It's just he's making himself more available. It's like she knows this. But hes it's like he's forcing it upon her almost like by badgering her to the point where she's going to just like, fine. But it's like she needs to have a level of some type of privacy. Think about it if the tables were switched. Let's just think about this and the fact that there's are saying there's something going on with Danny. And DJ was just driven to the point of obsession of, like, there's something going on with Dad. He's being really secretive. I need to go know what's going on. I'm going to, like, look in his his drawers and everything like that. Maybe there's some clues, something. Check out his wallet. Is there anything going on or or, or something or... But the fact that Danny was just going to every everybody in the house, like do you know, did she confided in you? And it just it was he was just bordering on obsessiveness. But I mean, if I wanted to know about someone, you think I'm gonna like, Hey, what's going on with this person? Do you know? Have they talked to you? Yeah, they're kind of acting weird, don't you think? Huh, I I mean, that's gonna make you look really not great. I mean, yes, kids probably most likely do have a whole other side to their life that you know nothing about. You don't know what they're doing eight hours a day while they're in school. They have this whole other side of themselves. Annie is so hurt. It's almost like she has to tell him, like, I'm not your little girl anymore. You need to understand this. And just the look, a realization, like, yeah. Oh. Okay. Like just that hurt, like. And DJ is the one to apologize to Danny. She said, "I'm sorry." It's like it's almost like she's apologizing for like, "I'm sorry, I'm not your little girl anymore." I just I don't know, what like what do you want from me exactly? She should be allowed to have some level of her her own life alongside her her living with her family. And Danny apologizes like, "I'm I'm sorry too." And and DJ definitely, it's like, she, these, she definitely, it's just, even in the old Brown Eyes episode where she's like, Dad, you weren't really going to sing that song and wear that to my fundraiser, were you? Like, but, and then he agrees, like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then she's, oh, like, satisfied, like, okay, he's not doing this, thank goodness, but she feels bad like she's hurt his feelings like I I know I I wanted this and but I just feel like maybe like sometimes when you feel like you feel bad that even though you need to be honest with a person about something or how they're acting but then part of you feels a little bad like oh maybe if I had approached it a different way or said different words but sometimes a person can be pushed to the point where you're not hearing me and you're not seeing me. And for me, shouting feels like the only way to get your attention or to be able to get through to you. He just He refused to really listen to her saying, I'm fine. It's not a big, be- it, it honestly is not a huge, it's not something that she can't take care of on her own she had Kimmy's help but and she says you know I just meant that I'm growing up you know I I don't need to come to you for every little problem and Tani is again it's just like why not you know you used to tell me everything and she says that's when I was a kid and DJ brings up a very good point. It's like Danny, put your, Danny, put yourself in my shoes. When you were my age, did you go to your parents for everything? And Danny says, no. I mean, they were old. They were. The man dawns on him. They were my age. Like yes, exactly. Like you may have been there at one point. But now the rules are reversed. You're not the kid, you're the parent. And it's just like, yeah, put yourself in her shoes. Would you at 14, 15 be going, to, especially when it comes to your social life at school, just someone saying stuff about me and they're saying, you know, especially when you know, when it comes romantically or or not? just little things like that. Me on the other hand, yeah, I I was uh I was kind of an open book in some ways when something was going on, someone called me a name and I would like mention that to, you know, my grandma or my dad or when uh people were writing my name on the bathroom wall and saying that I was something I wasn't. I went to them because I didn't know who else to turn to. There was no one else. You know, It just, and, and also, even the, the, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it feels like when it, something to the point was out of your hands, it's being done to you. And you feel like the school isn't doing their part and... Helping to take care of the problem. Like, a janitor would go in and, like, wash it off or clean it off or whatever. And then it would show up again, like, a week. And it just... These these personal attacks, I just... I didn't understand, like, why am I being targeted? Why is this happening to me and everything like that? So, I, I, I told my grandma and I told my dad. He's like, well, if they don't do anything, then I will go down there and do it myself. So, but it's not... DJ's problem isn't to that point. Yes, this boy is spreading lies and rumors and slander. And in today's world, he most likely would be in trouble for that. That young man does not respect women. And um, he definitely needs to, we're going to learn the lesson that he was taught (laughs) in just a moment. And DJ does clarify, like, Dad, if there is some serious problem that I can't handle, I'm gonna come to you. Just like I always did. And Danny says, and I'll be here for you, Deej. And she says, I know you will, Dad. And she says, I love you. And she goes over and hugs him and he says, I love you too. Danny! Oh it the way that he kind of sniffles is like he was he was broken up about it. It just That realization of, I'm not your little girl anymore, almost to him, probably felt like a slap to the face. I mean, he, he really took it hard. Like, it's almost like she had to tell him that to make him understand. It's like, you're seeing me as someone that I no longer am. Like, I am allowed to be able to change and grow, and you have to be able to slowly accept that. That things are not going to be the, the way that they were. Like, think, you know, relationships, they change. They evolve as you get older. The rules change. And Danny says, he's a poly. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I never should have read that card. And Danny says, switching laundry day really threw off my cleaning schedule. So, DJ says, it's it's okay. She sits down on the, on the bench. She's like, so, uh... Do you really want to hear about me make a crisis? And Danny's like, yes, please. <laughs> it's like, you're dangling it in front of him. Come on now. <laughs> it's like a worm on a hook, and you're just baiting that fish. You're like, come on. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> like, he went to all this trouble. I guess you may as well just tell him. He says, no, nah, I don't want to. Fr- you know, I'm dying to know. <laughs> I need to know. So DJ says, you see, I got this rep. About how I'm the worst kisser in school. The, the way that Danny is so really... Oh, thank God. Oh, thank goodness. And it, he clearly thought it was... It could have been, like... Is DJ seeing a boy we haven't met? And she's gone too far with him. Um, is she taking something to help her stay awake at night to be able to... You know, get, get no. It, it just seems like that, and my I I don't know what else he could have thought it could have been other than, you know, possible same pregnancy or you know something, like. But then again, it just it's, and the thing I was thinking about is the fact that. It got to the point where you know they were shouting at each other and everything, and DJ finally had to make him understand, but. When he's able to sit down and, like, listen and everything to her, it's like, why couldn't have this had happened? Well, not the shouting and the yelling, but in the, the um, Just Say No Way episode, Danny was so quick to accuse DJ without the facts, without even wanting to listen to her side of the story and just believing Jesse, that did kind of hurt the relationship a little bit. Although it's more kind of a Jesse DJ-ish type of relationship, a little bit. But it just, I just wish that they could have cleared the air and just, he would actually, because here he's all ears, like, I'm open if you got a problem, I'll listen to you and everything like that. But in the other one, it's just like, no, go to your room. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Because you smell like beer, so you're guilty. I swear Danny has been finally let out this breath he's been holding for the whole episode. Like, oh. And DJ has to tell Danny, like, Dad, that's not a good thing. And yeah, he, she's like, Dad, that is not a good thing. He's like, Oh, yeah, right. He's like, Oh, yeah, that's bad, right. And she explains to Danny, like, See, I never even kissed this guy, but he started spreading this ugly rumor. So. Kimmy and DJ did damage control. They tracked Todd Mitchell down at the mall. Kimmy got him in a headlock, and DJ threatened him with mustard. A squirt bottle of mustard, until he told everybody the truth. And Danny says, well, he did the right thing. You know, those stubborn mustard stains are a murder to get out. And Danny, he says, you know, DJ, I know you're busy. You know, you got a lot going on with friends in school and everything, but... Would it be okay if maybe we set aside time, like we could go out to lunch and just kind of catch up with each other, just check in, see how we're both doing and everything like that? And DJ says, sure, Dad. Let's go get some frozen yogurt. My treat. So she didn't use all the $10 that uh, Danny gave her? Well, frozen yogurt isn't going to cost much in 1991, I wouldn't imagine. Oh, my gosh. DJ, of course, using this opportunity. Like, hey, do you mind if I drive? I'm going to get my learner's permit in a couple months. That's right, driving Miss DJ. And Danny, like, slaps his hands on his knees as he gets out. like, oh, man, it never ends. <laughs> and Danny says, you know what? I'll drive. You can work the radio. Okay, so let's go back to where DJ walks in the door. As Danny is looking at a picture of seven-year-old DJ and wondering where, oh, where has his little girl gone? Hi,
2: Dad. Hi, Deej. Was uh, everything all right at the mall? Yeah,
4: fine.
2: Uh, Deej, don't you think we should talk?
4: Okay. So how'd you ball?
2: No, not about that. I mean, what's going on with you? I know you're having some kind of problem.
4: Dad, give me a break. It's no big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, since when is a mega crisis nothing?
4: Mega crisis? Where did you get that?
2: Oh, I, I don't know. It just, it just kind of popped into my head just now.
4: You mean you just popped into my sock drawer and went through my personal property? How could you do that?
2: Gee, it was an accident. I was putting away your laundry.
4: It's not Monday. <laughs> you were sp- me and you know it
2: what was i supposed to do you wouldn't even talk to me
4: maybe it was none of your business what's next are you gonna bug my phone
2: hey i don't like that tone young lady
4: well i don't like you invading my privacy
2: i'm your father i'll invade normandy if i want to
4: look just stay out of my sock and stay out of my life
2: get back here right now dj
4: i can't wait to get out of this house
2: hold it right there i'm not through
4: talking to you yet well, i'm through listening You don't even knock. You have no respect for my personal space.
2: Don't you dare tell me about respect. You're yelling at me and slamming doors. What happened to my sweet little girl?
4: Don't you get it? I am not your little girl anymore.
2: Oh. Okay.
4: I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry too. (laughs)
4: dad i don't mean to hurt your feelings i just meant that i'm growing up i don't need to come to you with every little problem
2: why not you used to tell me everything
4: that's when i was a kid when you were my age did you go tell your parents everything
2: no they were old They were my age.
4: (laughs) Look, Dad. If there's some serious problem that I can't handle, I'm gonna come to you, just like I always did.
2: And I'll be here for you, Deej.
4: I know you will, Dad. I love you.
2: I love you too. I'm sorry. I should have never read that card. Besides switching laundry day threw off my whole cleaning schedule
4: that's okay so you really want to know about my mega crisis
2: hey I don't want to pry I'm dying to know
4: well see I got this rep as the worst kisser in the
2: school oh thank god
4: (laughs) dad that is not a good thing
2: oh right that's bad right
4: You see, I never even kissed this guy, but he started spreading this ugly rumor. So Kimmy and I tracked him down at the mall. Kimmy got him in a headlock, and I threatened him with a squirt bottle of mustard until he told everybody the truth.
2: (laughs) Well, he did the right thing. You know, those stubborn mustard stains are murder to get out. (laughs) Deej, I know you're kind of busy right now, but wouldn't it be nice if we could both set aside some time just to hang out with each other once in a while?
4: Sure, Dad. Let's go get some frozen yogurt. My treat. Do you mind if I drive? You're going to get my learner's permit in a couple months.
1: we <laughs> always wait on that.
2: Man, it never ends. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll drive. You can work the radio. Okay?
1: All right, so that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Worst outfit, I think I'm going to give it to Stephanie's, the, the fuchsia-colored top with the um, black bib, like, flower leaf print whatever that is just like eh. best outfit um I think I want to give it to um gosh I feel like it's almost a tie between Danny's bowling shirt and uh you know what I'm gonna give it to uh DJ's like green long sleeve shirt and then the matching like light green dark green plaid Shorts, and then runner-up will be Danny's bowling shirt. Um, as far as Tanner teachable moment for this episode is just um, <laughs> look, we gotta give room for trust. And like, yes, just know that you know. I and again, I'm saying this is not a parent because I'm not one, but I was a kid once, so. you got to just adjust. Kids are going to change. They're not going to be always clinging to you all the time, always, like, telling you about their day and everything. At some point, there are things that you probably would rather not discuss with their parents that are, you know, private. And it's just something that if there's something honestly seriously going wrong and there are signs, like, I'm very concerned... They're not themselves. Their behavior is changing in a way that is, I mean, and and, and another thing with kids, it's like one thing is like, yes, privacy is important, but it's another thing to how you confront the situation. Yes, we should treat each other with respect. And that's not just kids towards parents, but also parents towards your children as well. No one ever got anywhere with screaming and yelling and slamming doors. We've all been there, we've all been kids, we've all gotten angry, we've all slammed a door, I'm sure, at least once in our times, or yelled to try to get our point across because the person isn't hearing us. But um, just know that there's a right way to do things and to be able to make your voice heard. That doesn't have to result in slamming doors and screaming. And the thing that I was thinking about as this was playing out, and the whole yelling on the stairs and then... And the thing is, DJ's room is just down the hall from Stephanie and Michelle. And I was even thinking, what if Michelle still was in that room and DJ hadn't moved yet, or... And, and, well and not to mention I mean how much privacy would even DJ even have in that room but I'm just thinking what if this whole situation took place while DJ was still living in a room with Stephanie and Danny came charging into the room and just like don't tell me about respect and all this and just you know yelling like they were that would scare any child I'm sure like Stephanie would probably be a little, fr- Michelle would definitely be, like, scared. But I'm just, like, I think it's the fact that, yeah, she's in her own room. She does have a bit more privacy than she would if she were sharing a room with Stephanie. But, um, yeah. And the thing is, I just feel like, in a way, that Danny, the reason that Danny and DJ tend to butt heads on occasion is because they are, they are similar in... The type of person that they are, so they're going to come to blows on things. Whereas, I don't think I'm trying to think. Have we ever seen Stephanie blow up at Danny, other than like much later down the road? In the well, that's not even really a a blow up, honestly. Not in the way that DJ and Danny can really go head to head. But, um, yeah, so that was the episode, and next week I will be covering a Danny and Stephanie episode, Season 6, Episode 10, I'm Not DJ. So, yeah, look forward to that. I hope, Like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I will be back next week. And if you haven't yet and you want to,
0: go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.